Jeff's going to hear this and go, see, not so easy, is it, motherfucker? <laughs> Coming to you from Blow and Go City, it's Beer Plus 3 Podcast, where we attempt to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the number one selling game on Apple's App Store, Ship Out of Luck. Spend your time on the shitter with your fingers at Twitter, blasting asteroids to mercatoids, playing Ship Out of Luck. It's on sale now for only a buck. With me today, seated on my right, is a man I choose to spend Friday nights with, even over my wife. Rick the Bro Jobless Anderson. Aw, oh, that's an honor. <laughs> and on my left, oh, it's Rick Anderson. The only man I would ever cheat on Rick Anderson with. <laughs> Later. <laughs> and today I'm feeling a little like the warm piss in Jeff's left shoe. No, I'm not your hostess. I'm Mike Zamora. Today is Friday, August 21st, 2015. So let's assemble like the Avengers and try not to let our egos fuck this one up. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. We're nothing like yeah. the Avengers. There's two of us. We're more like Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> we're the we're the beer Avengers. There we go. The I like that. Avengers. <laughs> How come there's not a drunken uh, superhero like a Popeye type? Like he drinks a really good beer and he gets uh, he he gets powerful, you know, and can beat up the bad guys. Well, I'm thinking of the drunken master, but that's the only one that jumps out at me. And you mean, What's that? I've never heard of that. He's a kung fu hero from a, a movie during the early. 80s. Uh, oh, actually, there was a sequel too. So, Drunken Master One and Two, starring Jackie Chan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but the actual, the actual whole drunken hero thing is actually kind of a staple of uh, Chinese cinema. Yeah, or probably Chinese folklore because a lot of those early movies, you know, are inspired by folk- folklore stories type stories. Yeah, and a lot of them will actually have the drunk. But and it's the hero. Yeah. Okay. Is it somehow? Are they the hero somehow because they're a drunk, or is that just a just a personality trait that comes along with it? I mean, is it tied in in some it's way? It's certainly tied into their personality because they're you know they're they're not like I'm having a beer on the side and I'm still acting like a hero. It's just like no, I'm a knockdown alcoholic and I'm drunk continually, and <laughs> this is how I operate, and this is why I am why I am the hero. Hmm. I, that, I don't think that's a trope that has made its way into the American uh, cinema. And I don't know why the yeah. fuck not, because I'm thinking, yeah. you know, aside from from the, the Drunken Master 1 and 2, uh, John Woo, one of my favorite directors, actually mm-hmm. one of his first films, stars uh, one, of, one of the main characters. It, of course, it's a, another bromance film, you know, a lot of his films. <laughs> There's always the two dudes, and their relationship is always a little conspicuous. But uh, one of them is that alcoholic guy who's you know who can only fight when he's been drinking. Yeah, and he's always <laughs> drunk, so he's a badass. So he's sober and he's a, he's weak, right? His, <laughs> much like Popeye, his strength comes from the outside. He's got comes the from br- being numb. Right, he can, he can take a more of a pummeling when he's when he's numb. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I find you know if I've got a if I've, if I if I've know I've got a good beating coming, I might as well just get drunk. You yeah. know. I'm, I'm, well, um, I guess this is a good seg, actually. Drunk, um, um, Asian films, and uh, taking a good beating, which is uh, old boy. I finally watched the old and the new version. <laughs> it comes up for the the tenth time on this podcast. But, yeah, you know this 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 might be the finish of it. Maybe not. I'm really hoping to get 
get JP on here so he can kind of defend his uh, American yeah. version of Old Boy, but I'll let you slam it first. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's liked, no other options, you know? I like both versions. I'll tell you that right now. I like the Oh, I my God. See, we hadn't even discussed but, okay. it first, and I just assumed. But, but I, I like them probably a lot less than you like them. Um, I enjoyed watching both of the films, but I think they were... I think both of them had a huge flaw. Yeah. And it's funny. The flaw is tied to the same thing, and they and they changed it. And I think, I think both the movies had strengths. Um, I think the American version tightened up some of the characters a little bit. But... And, and that's a... That's a an easy thing to do when somebody's already made the film, and you can look at it and say, eh, "I think we should change this right. and this." So I'm not I'm not giving them terribly high praise for that. You know, it's 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 like I said, it's easy. Somebody's already blazed the trail, and you're just you're just going through and cleaning up some stuff that you think might have been different. Like, I'll give you an example. I think the uh, the daughter character, you know, if if she had a dad who killed her mom, and the dad disappeared, she might be a little messed up. So in the American version, you know, she's got they, they talk about she had a drug habit and now she's in this job where she's trying to help people. That strikes me as a little bit better characterization for that than, you know, she's just a sushi chef at a restaurant. So they I, don't have drug little, problems in South Korea, though. I'm, how, you, what kind of problem do you want her to have? Well, I mean, it just seemed like she was a little too well adjusted for somebody who had had something horrible happen like that. And I'm not that's not a huge criticism. <laughs> Maybe Americans just, are just melodramatic, man. Maybe just get over it and press on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Americans but melodramatic. Your, par- your parents die, <laughs> but right, you got to become an alcoholic. Move or on, a get Jeez. over it, Jesus. Yeah, no, and I and and I would say the American version. I, the actor who played the main character, um, Josh Brolin, physically. Yeah, I would believe he could take on a room full of guys, but I don't know that I believe that the actor who played the main character in the in the South Korean one. I don't know that I buy he could take on a whole room full of guys, but but that's that's yeah, it's yeah, we, I I'm not anyway I just just yeah. physically their appearance he doesn't look like somebody who could do that the uh, Josh Brolin does look like he could do that and so it was a little more believable but I I realize it's kind of got a little bit of a comic or not a comic but it's not supposed to be necessarily taken taken as completely well, real. Well, it, it actually the source material is actually a comic. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> but um. I just uh, I, I like both of them. I really enjoyed watching both yeah. of them, and um, I'm glad I did. And I think the the South Korean one kills the American version with the atmosphere. It's like it's way more atmospheric. Like the the little hotel room he was in mm-hmm. scared the crap out of me in the South Korean one. In the American one, it was like the wallpaper. It doesn't. It doesn't. Nothing scary about this. It's not getting me. I don't feel it. Like I felt claustrophobic with the watching the South uh, the, uh, the the South Korean version. And then the penthouse stuff at the end was way cooler in the South Korean version. And I don't know what they did in the American version. It was just like this. Suddenly he takes him through the whole. Here's how I did all this. Right. Let me let me let me just spell it all out for you. I can figure that out myself. I don't need the walk through the studios, you know, to show how it was all done. I think I got that figured out. But for me, I think the story was flawed in that the original relied on the uh, this mechanic of being able to to program someone with hypnosis, which is not, you can't do that in real life. You can't, hypnosis doesn't work that way. You can't make someone do something they don't want to do or unconsciously, you know. They have to be a willing participant in it for you, for hypnosis to work that way. And um, the American version, I think, knew that, so they removed it. And then in that case, it becomes like, well, so this was all coincidental that he ran into his daughter and just happened to, it's like... That that doesn't work either. So for me, it was just like the story had that little flaw in it that I, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I like the movie enough to overlook that, and I would probably watch either one of them again. But I, it was hard for me to watch that part where he where he revealed his plans, and it was like mm, you can't you can't hypnotize people to do the shit that they don't want to do. So I just that was where I kind of went. Mm, well, you're meh. welcome to your opinion, Rick, and I'm not going to tear you apart. But uh, <laughs> you know, having having heard Jeff and I discuss it, yeah. you know, the one thing that jumps out at me about your review of it and, and mm-hmm. Josh Brolin, I mean, maybe you're into white guys. More, <laughs> maybe you find them more heroic. I, I I don't know, but that that's kind of the 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 issue that I think both Jeff and I took with the American version was What's the that? fact that they made the main character Odasu yeah. such an animal, such a beast, such a hero. Yeah. The focus of the story, like they made it believable. Like, physically, he could do that, so sure he did it. Whereas in the Korean version, it was all about the Korean fighting spirit and. How, how being, how your aura or your essence or just your need to your willpower to win is what's mm-hmm. going to carry you through to the end. And you know, sports teams will talk about it all the time. You know, the yeah. the guys who won on the field were the guys who wanted it more. And I think that's a lot of the Korean attitude, and that's what you'll see in in the Korean version of the film. Is yeah, this mm-hmm. tinier, scrawny dude fought his way through this mass of people. All right. From his in, inner willpower, not necessarily because of his physique. And that's kind of a letdown in yeah, the American okay. version. I can buy that. And, and not only that, but that really speaks to the Korean culture. I think it. I think this film is, is where you look at the American... <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Okay, that's an edit. <laughs> that's an edit. You look at... <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. You, you look at the American version... And really, the the main character does become this superhero. Yeah, and, and that's how they paint him out to be is a superhero, and right. and they don't make any more political statements necessarily about the movie, other than look at this guy who's the hero. It, it doesn't have any undertone. It doesn't have very much subtext. Whereas watching the Korean version, there is a ton of subtext. You know, I, I'd say yeah. the, the subtext in that film is equivalent to say something like Battle Royale. You know, where Battle Royale is a statement about the political scene in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'd say Old Boy is very much along the same lines of uh, that for the Korean culture. And if you look at the director, mm. um, his name is escaping me at the moment. But if you watch any of his other films, they're all very. They're all highly political statements. Oh, there are okay. there there are none of them that don't have an under undercurrent or a subtext that is about the American culture and the American I, government or American the Korean people and the Korean government. Yeah. They're, they're all laced with subtext, and I think if you don't have any insight to that, so you're only watching the surface story. Yeah, I think it loses a lot. Maybe maybe it does at that that at that level become equivalent to the American version where, you know, being an American, I'm watching that and I still don't see any subtext well, in it. Be, it's just a flat out story. That might be what I see. I, I do look for subtext in that kind of thing. And what I got out of it was, you know, I, I was getting more of a personal sort of thing out of like, uh, sort of a lot of statements about how your, your parents, you know, basically fuck you up in life. That's the message I was getting out of this movie. Cause there was a lot of that. There was a lot of those sort of thing, you know, the, the, uh, you know the bad guy was was screwed up by his well, at least in the American version. But um, it was implied in the South Korean version that it's just some family issues going on there. And uh, you know the guy, the main character himself, of course, with his own daughter. Mm-hmm. And it just that's the, what I got out of that. But there was just too many things in it later where I was just like, eh, it doesn't quite line up. I, I don't feel like I'm I'm getting that, but I think I'm reading that into it, and it didn't quite make. So um, hearing 
that take on it clarifies for me at least a little bit. That, yeah, you know, there's it, stuff I just didn't it, wasn't cluing. And in, in fact, when they talk about the dysfunctionality of the family, a yeah. lot of times that is a statement that uh, is directly flying in the face of the split between North and South Korea, because that's mm. only a couple of generations deep at this point. And there's, you know, your cousin might be on the other side of that wall that you can't see. Yeah. They speak the same language. Right, they're the right. same people. They're not any different. Yeah. And they're this broken family. And a lot of his movies actually speak to the fact that North and South Korea are broken families. And if 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 you know anything about uh, the South Koreans, you'll know that there's this great need to bring those guys back in. We we in yeah. America we we tend to look on the North Koreans and we we see Kim Jong Un and before him Kim Kim Jong Il as being a problem, and we don't put a face to the people. But you got to realize, man, back in 50 years ago, those were families that were split by a war. Oh, yeah. And th- yeah. those family ties still exist, and those guys want their families back. Right, right. I mean, th- those are we, th- we tend to think of them as being the, the clones or the, the program people that are following their great leader. But, you know, in, in South Korea, that's my family member that's been abducted by the crazy person, and we want them back. <laughs> so if you, it, uh, it, it, you watch the director, a lot of his films actually speak to that. Yeah. And how that that's tearing at that actual nation? Huh. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would have to watch a few more of his films before I'd start. Picking I'd recommend up on it. That. I, yeah. I'd, I'd actually. I'd recommend. None of his films are are lame. They're all really good. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're all along the lines of Old Boy, and in fact, Old Boy is part of a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's the center film in uh, the uh, Vengeance trilogy. Okay. There is a film that's No Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance where it starts, then you yeah. get Old Boy, and then you get uh it's got two different names, but uh, we'll say No Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Okay. <laughs> are these are these actually story-wise trilogies or are they just uh, thematically Thematically they're oh, connected. Okay. Not, okay. Yeah, they're, they're along the lines of the Red White and Blue series we watched yeah, earlier yeah. this year whereas, you know, there's not a any connectivity between the characterizations, right. but thematically they're they're the same. They're the trilogy. Yeah, because I can see these characters much. I mean, there's not much more you could say about right. these. Ones. They're That's done and done by the end, done. man. They're shaped. Yeah. You know, yeah. their their journey is over. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's okay. So that's interesting. I'll um I'll keep that in mind and uh, I'll put that on my recommendation list and see what see what I can. Uh... Yeah, I, I think his first film was JSA Joint Security Area Area, yeah. and I think God, we watched that when we still lived in Bellingham. We were married, but we were living in Bellingham, so it must have been like yeah two thousand and one. What do you think of Samuel L. Jackson's uh, character in the new version? Uh, you know, I enjoyed watching him. That's yeah. for sure. You know, he made the movie more enjoyable. But you know, then again, it's Sam Jackson doing Sam. Ja- was it any different than his character in the Kingsman? Uh, yeah. It wasn't much different, was it? <laughs> I just um, to me, it felt like they were trying to kind of um, uh, make it a, play into the sort of Quentin Tarantino sort of thing a little bit, and that felt out of place. I was like, eh, that's like a weird character coming into this. Like that, and he's kind of part of this underground, whatever this is. It, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like somebody was looking at that, going, "Hey, well, there's a there's an audience we can appeal to with this character by yeah. by doing that." And it was really weird because I I liked the character and I thought he did a great job with it, and I I thought it was okay, but it, it just ah, it just felt out of place. It was weird. He, that felt like he should have been the bad guy, right. like, the, like the bad guy everyone else was answering to. But instead, he's just like this Flunky. lower level. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know, man. I, just, yeah, well, I liked it, and I didn't like it. Yeah, it almost points to, and you know, we criticize Tom Cruise a lot for this, in that when a Tom yeah. Cruise is in a film, 
It's about promoting himself. It almost seems like that was Sam Jackson too, doesn't it? And yet we yet we don't cut him down nearly as much because he comes off as being cool in a lot of places. Well, he's this film not not so much. Star Wars, absolutely, he's cool. He's not a douchebag Scientologist, so I'll give him a pass on that. (laughs) So I don't care. He gets to slide with his douchebaggery. Well, you know what? I mean, he did. You're right about that a little bit because he uh, in Star Wars, he's he. uh, There's uh, stories out there about how he uh, he. Wanted to be in the Star Wars movie. He got the fucking purple lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no precedent. There's no. There's no Star Wars science or anything. I mean, I know. I know where those crystals come from, and there's no purple fucking crystals. You sound very. You're very worked up about this right now. I'm. I'm kind of concerned. My handle online for a lot of years was in relation to the purple lightsaber. Okay. <laughs> But no, he wanted that because he wanted his character to to have some sort of significant difference from from everyone else. Right, because he wanted to be Sam Jackson. Yeah, and then the other, his other, liter, I guess he he told George Lucas um, after pushing his way into the movie, he wasn't originally like that character wasn't going to be in there, and I guess George Lucas wrote it in for him specifically because he begged to be in the movie, he wanted to be in it. And uh, the other thing is, he told George Lucas after he was cast, he goes, he goes, if I die, I don't want to go out like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know he didn't really. I no. mean, you think about how he died. He didn't go out, but um, <laughs> I just think that's kind of funny. Well, <laughs> you know, if you want to talk about Sam Jackson for just another minute, yeah, I'll say that the you know, and you referenced him, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I think Quentin Tarantino is the one guy that reigns him in. Uh, you know, where his characters are very strong in the Quentin Tarantino films. Yeah. The characters still feel like Quentin Tarantino characters. No, they're not. They they don't have the Sam Jackson right. rewrite on them. Okay. They're the Quentin's fucking character. So I bet you, I bet you, QT's sitting there. He's like, nope, you ain't changing the line. <laughs> Here's my line. It's fucking good enough. <laughs> or maybe he writes stuff good enough to where you know he doesn't feel the need to change it. it, much, it may, you know? Maybe there's just a level of respect for QT. I could it? see Quentin Tarantino being kind of a control freak about stuff like yeah. that easily. Um, I don't think somebody does that much for their films. I think a, a lot of, you know, you have people who are directors or you have people who are screenwriters, screenwriters or, you know, or producers or whatever. But then you get these occasional, they call them auteurs, you know, the ones who do everything. Yeah. They direct it, they produce it, they write it, they conceive of the whole story, they do all that stuff. And then they're involved with every process of it, you know, and there's only like a handful of them are like that. And I mean, in a way, you kind of want them to be like that you kind of want them to rein everybody in and said no this isn't your movie this is how we're doing it and that's that and that's that (laughs) um but you know you do get the occasional auteur like george lucas where it's like we want your actors to have a little say right let somebody else add something let somebody why don't you just let them direct them you know just (laughs) why don't you hand your story over especially if it's harrison ford he wants to (laughs) that whole line i guess in empire strikes back where princess leia says i love you i guess george lucas originally had it where he says i love you too back to her yeah that would not yeah no 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 i'm not doing that and i guess he won and he told george lucas he goes no just let me let me improvise it and he did the solo a cunt i love you too I don't even tell that to my wife. <laughs> oh, jeez. Maybe I do. Sorry, baby. Yeah, you're not being frozen in carbonite. You don't get a pass on that. You have to, you have to be all lovey-dovey. <laughs> right. Speaking of lovey-dovey, we've been drinking the yeah. uh, Homefront, uh, was it Hops for Heroes? Yeah. Fremont Special Edition? Yeah, this is good stuff. It's an ale brewed with orange peels. I would give it a solid three. You know, I'm right there with a solid three. You know, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is a good 
drinker, really. You yeah. Know? It's got a nice, um, it's not, it says something about, does it say something about being bitter on here? Did I see that on the can? Nah, I think that was your other beer that said oh, something okay, about maybe. being bitter. But it's not too, uh, not too bitter. I can, I, li- I like a little bitterness in, in beer, but, you know, it goes too far. I can't. Can't do it. You gotta rein it back in. So yeah, yeah. this is a, a you know it's it's a well balanced, good flavor. I mean, Fremont never yeah. really disappoints. I haven't had anything from them that sucked. And this this is a good regular Joe beer. Yeah, regular Joe, regular Joe. <laughs> so what's up next? What are what, we doing next? What, what's up next? We're gonna we're actually gonna take a small step backwards. I didn't necessarily want to start with the uh, this beer because it's in my mind it's it's kind of special. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is a step down. We don't usually like to drink down here, but uh, I did want to save it for... What is this? This is the Kitty Cat Blues from Black Raven. Uh, oh. We've had it on the podcast before the week okay. you were gone, and I really wanted you to try it. So okay, cool. I went to Green's, where they don't have just one price tag on every item. They have two. <laughs> Why do they have two? <laughs> I don't just know. OCD I, or something? Uh, <laughs> Like, it's got to be two price tags, or we're not going to charge the right price. Well, that'd be cool, except for, you know, one's green and one's orange and one's cheaper and one's more expensive. Oh, no kidding. And there's there's a little there's a little diagram uh-huh. in their beer case to tell you that the green one is retail price. Yeah. And the orange ones are in-house price. Oh, so if you drink it there no on on the site no no you're paying the orange ticker i think whatever it is oh oh they're just showing you what you'd get charged elsewhere or? right and the oh, green okay. one's okay. always less <laughs> so i don't really get what? it I, you know i i haven't been to greens enough That's... time to ever notice this before but i had miller bought me a bottle of this last weekend while they were up yeah, uh, he happened to be at greens corner I go, oh that's where they have the kitty cat bear would you grab me one yeah and he gives it to me <laughs> and, and and you know I, I want to pay him back, and I go well. I don't know what to pay you. I've got two different price tags. I've got one that's a <laughs> little bit more than the one on the top. What do they charge you? And, you know, I'm not going to tell you. So I'm I'm in there today, <laughs> and I'm looking, and I see this green tag is retail price, orange tag is is our price. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, and sure enough, everything's got two fucking price tags on it. That's that's confusing. And some of the items. The, the in-house price is actually more okay. So I understand yeah. that, right? So if okay. you look, if you look at a bottle of Abyss, yeah, and oh yeah, from a few years ago, retail that would have been fifteen, sixteen bucks. Right and now, they want fifty for it. Right, right. We actually pulled a, a bottle of Abyss out of there, yeah. and that's what Deanne, Deanne looked at, it and then she was like putting it back very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's right. Don't we don't want a you break it, you buy it situation. So I I, I kind of noticed that. So I guess some of the beers are special, and maybe the Kitty Cat Blues is one of the special ones. I don't know. All I know is I'd really appreciate just one price tag because I, yeah, I, I, it just feels like they're trying to trick people into buying the beer. Like, yeah, that's weird because this one's on the bottom, right? Who picks up their bottle of beer and, and looks at the bottom of it? Yeah, and that's quite a difference. That's um, that's close to thirty percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's bullshit. I'd and, be pissed. And the truth of the matter is, okay, well, here's the truth of the matter. Yeah. If you're walking in Greens to buy a beer, right, yeah. a, a lot of the beer is not Budweiser in there. They've probably got a couple of those in there. I didn't even look. I probably walked right past them. Yeah. So if you're going in there to buy a beer, you already know that you're buying good beer. Right. You're willing to spend more. Okay. So why fucking trick me? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this beer is worth that price. I'd pay that price for yeah. it. Yeah. If I pick it up and think it's this price, I go, man, that's a really good deal. 
And then I get to the register and I feel like I'm ripped off. Yeah, that, that is that's weird. That's ass they shouldn't backwards. Be doing that. Uh, you, you know, I'm I'm no retail expert, but that just seems like you know put the price on the bottle. People know they're good beers. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna buy them. That's. Do they do that with everything in the store? Like if you go to get a Kit Kat bar, is it say a dollar twenty five on the top? It's like two fifty on the bottom. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> this is a Kit Kat bar from uh, 2006. You're going to pay for this. <laughs> well, you know, we, we had the, the price of storing it all those years, and the chocolate's aged, so. I, I don't oh, know. Maybe this one's God. a year old. You know, we've we've only had this, like, very recently, so I don't know if this yeah. is a new beer or not. It very likely could be one that came out last year, and I just don't know it. Yeah. Um, Black Raven Kitty Cat Blues. But um, I, I know I've heard you mention it before. Yeah, because we had it on the podcast, and I, I haven't seen it anywhere else, so it in theory, it could have come out a year ago, and perhaps that's the price differential because, yeah. hey, let's be honest, it costs money to store and to cool things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have and, any. And I wouldn't even have had a problem with the bottom price number. Just why give me two prices? Yeah. It's ridiculous. That is weird. Um, and it's not like they can't just put the orange sticker on top of the green one or near it so you can right. at least Right. Why see. is it on the bottom of the bottle where you're never going to look? <laughs> yeah. No. That just seems dishonest. It does. It seems very weird. Um, I I will give them the benefit of the doubt, though. I mean, it seems like a cool little place out it there. Is, it is I, a cool I little would... place outside of that one little aspect. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd probably ask if I ever got to talk to the wow. owner. I'd probably ask him and go, "What's what's the deal?" But you talked about liking cool labels earlier. We were talking about reasons why people like beer. Yeah. I try to do the opposite of what you do and not buy things with cool label, but I think the uh, the label series that Black Raven has going for them, yeah. the artists that they put together for these things, fantastic. That is a cool. That one would have caught my attention. This this is a really cool label, yeah. and it, this that's just the front. But you know, you look you look at the typography there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. But then the picture on the back is this very and, and I said it was oh, Disney esque. Oh, oh no, that's... to me that that reminds me of a you know a piece of artwork that you'd find inside of like uh, the Haunted Mansion ride. It's very much that a similar oh, style of art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a um, uh, turn of the century, like early. It's like something you would expect to see from uh, like the early 1900s. Yeah, but then taken and twisted and just made a little baroque. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, you can tell it's a, it's more modern, but it's got like some. Yeah, uh, it's not like it's not like they're like trying that. to imitate the style. They're just like trying to redo it. And right, to me, right. that's a really awesome picture. I wouldn't mind having that as a poster someplace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It is so, cool. so Kitty Cat Blues. It's got uh, creamy uh, vanilla, blueberry, and catnip. Mm-hmm. Catnip. Catnip. Okay, that was unexpected. Um, my, my daughter I, drinks catnip tea like nightly. Like that—that's her thing to calm her down. We've talked about yeah. it on the podcast. How she had all these anxiety problems, and one of the things we started doing was giving her catnip tea before bed, and she's totally hooked on it. She's got to have it. She won't go does to that, bed. Does it work? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Good. For, that's cool. Good. But. Uh, I don't know what the hell catnip tastes like. I'd never had it before, so I had to have her have a swig of the beer to go, do you taste the catnip in there? Because I'm not sure what I'm tasting. Maybe I'm tasting catnip. Maybe I'm not tasting catnip. I know. That's, that's exactly what I'm, I'm like. I don't know what I'm tasting for here. It's like, uh, it says it has vanilla bean and dried blueberries. Yeah. So she goes, no, Dad, I, I can taste the catnip in there. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a really fantastic beer. I'm just afraid of drinking catnip. I'm going to be like chasing uh, little <laughs> balls of yarn around on the floor in a minute and freaking out. Well, in theory, things that aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> in theory, it's supposed to mellow you out if you're a person and not yeah. not the feline type. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I I really enjoy this. They had one more bottle left sitting in there, so I'll probably go pick it up. Hopefully before yeah, somebody else grabs it. Yeah, it is really good. That's good stuff. Um. 
So I've seen, you know, it's funny is I've seen labels like this on other on other beers. So it's probably Black Raven. I yeah, if they've done like a lot of uh, of other things similar to this. Yeah, they they, they their, their labels tend to have a very similar style. Yeah, looks like the kind of a like the wood cutting, mm-hmm. style, the woodcut style. It. Yeah. I want to get down there and have some beers in their brewery. Yeah, where uh, where are they located? They're in Redmond. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're close. I I know. You know. I just took my. I just drove my friend, our friend, yeah. to Mexico. Yeah. And I was hoping to leave a little early, actually, so that we could get there in time to stop and have some Chinese food, and then maybe if there's a little bit of time, we could relay that into a stop to Black yeah. Raven. And we didn't get to Mexico in time, so there was there is no Chinese, there is no Black Raven. So that was just a rush down to the airport kind of experience, and that was that. Well, I'd like to call it a rush, but yeah. it actually took I I left the house at eight thirty, so I was in the car from eight thirty in the morning until mm-hmm. seven thirty at night. I got home. Yeah, so. Jeff was probably, I'd like to say That's, Jeff was halfway to Mexico by that point, but he wasn't. He ended up getting laid over someplace for some. I, oh, we'll, that's we'll, right. We'll yeah, have to wait he, to hear the story, but he actually that. ended up spending the night in, in the uh, airport, I think. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures he's posting on Facebook of Mexico? Yeah. I'm going to give him so much shit about that when he gets back. It's like, uh, it looks like Mexico consists of ice cream shops and uh, bottles of beer. <laughs> <laughs> What's so great about Mexico? I can I I can do ice cream and and, and bottles of beer here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the what's only- really cool is he was at a he was at some little uh, kind of divey bar. I'm assuming it is because of the way he, the picture he posted. But um, in uh, I think it's Tuxpan. Is that the name of the place that yep. they were at? Yeah. Okay. So I what's really cool is nowadays on you can go online and I actually looked up the bar he was at. And did the Google Street View, so I can actually see the exact place. It actually looked really cool. Um, did you read the Yelp reviews? Uh, <laughs> they were all in Spanish. So. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's actually kind of cool when you know somebody posts something like that from another country. Or you know, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's really cool. There was like a whole. There's like this big uh, uh, river across the street. It's like there's a street running, and it's like a riverfront um, place, and. Um, Parts of it down there looked a little bit run down, but the area where they were looked looked a little bit nicer. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Really there wasn't nice. like any gang members walking down the street no, in the, fi- the Google like streets. That. No. <laughs> now don't do that. He's going to get on you about your attitude about Mexico. Oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> I don't mind lighting a torch under his butt. I like seeing them heated. <laughs> yeah. So speaking so, of vacations, you had yeah. like a whole week off, man. I had a whole week you, off. You man. almost didn't have any time to get our last episode out. I didn't, man. I checked out. I didn't realize how how desperate I was for some time off. Um, I've some had masturbation like... time? Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> I always get that out of the way in the in the car in the morning before I go to work. <laughs> in, the, no. in the driveway or while you're moving? It just depends on how you know how much time I got to get to work. <laughs> And I know you leave a little bit later, so there's a lot of cars on the road. It's not like we're yeah. talking about a 5 a.m. Yeah. roll. I really need to might... get uh, tinted windows because I think people, it's it's really disturbing to other people in the commute. <laughs> not that you care about anybody else but yourself. No, you know, point, you got to focus on yourself at that point. You know, it's like it's all about you. Can't worry about the people in the car next to us looking disgusted. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm just glad that, you know, the last time I rode in your car, you picked up the napkins first. <laughs> There are a lot of napkins in my car. I'm going to admit that, but they're not for what you're implying. They're for. 
<laughs> Do you know what that's from? Late night Taco Bell runs. Yeah, pretty much. Anytime we go to any place that has napkins, I grab like a big handful and throw it in the car because they always come in handy. It's like you need you need napkins, not for that, yeah. but for other other reasons. And well, let me tell you, you know, having having uh, gotten into a new car recently that had none of those napkins, they're your first yeah. couple of stops. Yeah, you're taking extra, right? Like right now, you're taking refills. Like if I stop at <laughs> some place, I'll grab a couple extra just to you can't top it off. You yeah. know, my yeah. you know, every, you got to blow your nose every now and then, or you spill a little bit of coffee or whatever. You got to wipe it up. So you need like one or two extra napkins every time you stop at a you place do. like that. When you get the new car. There's absolutely zero. You grab the handful, man. You grab the fat fucking stack because, you know, you're starting out from scratch. That's right. You got to have a good base to work on. Really, you should just grab one of the dispensers from someplace and put it in your car, you know, and just, just mount it somewhere. <laughs> there so you can just pull bolt, it, bolt it in right there within arm's reach of the driver because, you know, inevitably enough, most of the time when you need those napkins, you're either jerking off and there's nobody in the car with you, you know, because you're not jerking off in the car with somebody else in there. It's like, you know, you're alone. And then, you know, you're trying to get into the glove box and you're reaching over you got one hand on the wheel right. maybe you don't even have a hand on the wheel because your glove box is so far over right right it's, it's a challenge <laughs> just mount that bitch right on top uh, and like a lotion dispenser too possibly <laughs> right yeah lotion dispenser definitely you have dry hands dry hands you know <laughs> you know the doctor wouldn't want you using dry hands <laughs> that's uh most doctors do recommend lotion <laughs> 99.9 i would imagine yeah uh, speaking of uh, deviant sexual behavior, <laughs> we're not going to talk about your week off anymore. No. <laughs> well, that's I was, I was sagging from my week of deviant so, uh, sexual behavior. There you go. No, um, I I wanted to bring up this issue of uh, the the Josh Duggar guy, and I don't really want to talk about him. I don't give a shit about him, to be honest. Um, I know, you know, these fanatical religious people are are suppressing their sexuality, and it's going to come out in weird ways. So this is not news to me. I when the you know this this stuff with he's this a, guy. he's a, he's a Mormon, right? Or is no, he not? It's a it's a weird. Um, I don't know what the what the you know what. See, is. I've been judging him as being a Mormon, and then yeah. right now you said that, and I remembered. Oh yeah, that's right. They're not Mormon. It's some sort of fundamentalist group that believes in you know not using uh, not using any kind of birth control and having as many kids as you can. You know, that fucking like rabbits, pretty much, and, and reproducing. <laughs> I mean, Which I'd is, like to I fuck like a rabbit, crazy. but I don't want to reproduce. Yeah. Be nice if you have that part of it without the uh, without the children, but they seem to dig having all the children. So I don't know more holes to pound. But yeah, this guy was um, on this website called Ashley Madison, which was news to me, and this is why I wanted to bring this up because I always feel like I'm like slightly out of the loop with shit that's going on on mm-hmm. the internet. But you knew and about Ashley Madison, like, didn't you? No, I didn't. This is like this is where I've heard of this, and I and it's like, what the fuck? There's a website where married people actually go to to cheat on their spouse. And they sign up for this, and they put their fucking credit card in and leave this paper trail behind That's for news to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Mike's got his halo out. <laughs> it's really precious. <laughs> we did hear the wife earlier on the podcast, right? Um, yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just, I don't know, man. I always feel like I'm slightly out of the loop with this, like, the kind of sex stuff that goes on on the internet. Yeah. I don't know if I'm naive or if it's just, you know, I just don't pay attention to it or something. Well, it's a really big site, and it was really poorly done. Yeah. I'm not sure why anybody would be there, to be honest. It really Mm -hmm. just seems like a a grab-your-money-and-run kind of outfit. Yeah. See, I knew you would know about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you studied it. For for the podcast. Right, You know, you you warned me that it was coming up. up. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that something that... um, how would that even work? I mean, you go online and I guess 
Well, it's like I any other like, dating site that you've ever been on, right? Yeah. I mean, you go on there. Okay. I mean, but with the expressed interest that Ashley Madison is is probably for people who are hooking up that you know shouldn't or, maybe necessarily be hooking up. You know, some people like to feel like they're naughty, right? Like they want to break the rules. So okay. sometimes they want to go out behind their spouse and not let their spouse know they're banging somebody else. So Ashley Madison is a site where you can, in theory, yeah, undetected, go out and bang somebody's wife and not have their spouse know about it. Yeah. And so, so it's like a dating site, basically, but with people who are have the understanding that okay, I guess that makes sense. That everybody's we're all married and we're all gonna stay quiet about this. This is gonna be on the down low. Okay, all right. I guess that makes it. It just seems weird to me, man. It just seems weird that that sex on the down low seems weird. No, to you? no, no, no. That there's a fucking website for that. It's just Not weird. A, this website's been around forever, man. This site's been like I've always sense. been. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Like almost the birth of the internet. I mean, Ashley Madison's God. Wow. See, I've always been I've always been naive about this. I was thinking about I always this wish earlier. there was like an Ashley Madison for me. Like a site where a guy could go meet other people and just talk. Yeah. You know, I just I always felt like, well, Ashley Madison's got this such a cool platform, but I've got yeah. no interest in fucking anybody. <laughs> like why doesn't somebody just build a site where I can go and meet people and just talk hang out. And hang out. That would actually be sort of cool, but um I guess there's not probably enough demand for that. <laughs> You know, pe- all people are interested in this fucking. Yeah. This whole thing got me thinking about the fact that back when I first got on the internet, back in like 1995, I think it was, 1994, which was through AOL, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, 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 I, that's a good connection because Ashley Madison is very AOL-like. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little walled garden type, type situation. Um I got on, and I remember being absolutely amazed by the fact that, you know, the first night I got on, I was, like, chatting with someone from New York that I, I, I had no idea who this person was, just chatting with them. And it kind of blew me away. I was sort of amazed by it. And I went, I remember going to work and just telling people about this, and people were, I remember one guy that I was friends with um, at the time, he heard about it, and he was like, wow, I got to get on there. So he gets on. And he comes back like a couple weeks later, he brings this back up with me, and he goes, wow, that's awesome. I can't believe how cool that is. I can actually, you know, connect with people on the computer. I said, yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? He's going, yeah. He's going, I've gotten laid twice already. (laughs) And I was like, what? And I was like, okay. And this is like me being like completely naive. It's like I. But you just skipped that part. You've you've been online for a month now, and there's been nothing thrown your way. (laughs) He's been on there for a week, and he's gotten laid twice. But I wasn't looking for that. I was just amazed at the how cool this all this worked. And um, and at one point I even told him I at one you know I said oh well it's cool now that you're online we could trade email addresses and he kind of looked at me and goes what I don't want to fuck you Rick I know that's exactly right he goes why would I want your email address. I was like, well, what do you mean? Why wouldn't I mean so we can send each other messages? We had a, we were together in a couple classes at Western, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know, just maybe email. And he, he's gone, dude. He goes, I just I don't want your email address. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't want to fuck you. I get it. Okay. You're cute, but you're not that cute. <laughs> so I feel like I'm always naive about this kind of stuff. It's like I just don't. I don't. I guess I don't jump on in that direction immediately with with things like this and. uh it kind of surprises me that there was actually a website out there that was specifically for the purpose of married people hooking up with other married people. See, your first weird. internet's so very different than my first internet. Yeah, what was your first internet? <laughs> you were like Ashley Madison account number three, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but 
You know, when when uh, when I got online and, and and my wife was there with me, you know, she we yeah. got online at the same time. You know, we yeah. we ended up on some of these like proto proto websites. You know, there there are sites what? today like Fat Life and Ashley Madison and mm-hmm. all these other kind of. We weren't married at the time; we were young kids. You know, what do young yeah. kids want to do but diddle themselves? <laughs> So, you know, we were, ended up at all these sexy type of sites, you know, one of them being uh, called The Park that was just this huge community that, you know, was really just kind of a foundation. I bet, like, if you talk to a lot of people on the, online that were towards the beginning of yeah. this rollout, they, that's probably where we all met. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Park. The Park is what it was called. And, uh, you know, they had some chat rooms in there that were for being... You know, for just chatting, they, they had they had some chat rooms for Rick Anderson there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for boring people who were yeah, just impressed that you were chatting with people from faraway lands like New York. But if you had scrolled down towards the bottom of the page, you'd see where everybody else was going. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, so you know, in my mind, of course, there's a website for people who are married and they want to yeah. bang people who or you want to keep it or are interested in keeping it in on the down low. Even okay, so even if getting over the, my naivete about, you know, about the existence of things like that, at the same time I have to question the logic of if you're somebody who's married, why would you create a paper trail? Why would you keep create proof that you were out doing something like that? I mean, if if you were out doing that, I would assume you want to kind of keep it quiet and not right. like sign up for a fucking account on some website for that purpose. Well, in theory, you know, the website you're signing up for isn't going to spam your mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley Madison does. Oh, no kidding. Um, so you probably want to give them an account that doesn't have your name on it. Yeah. Lots of people on that list have their name on their email account. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really for buffoons, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I can see the need for the website. Like, you know, it, it, I can imagine, I can only imagine... That it would be challenging to go out and meet other people that want to just fuck around, especially especially like if you're in the soccer mom kind of world. Like if you're in this world where everybody's kind of straight and what Dan Savage would call vanilla, mm-hmm. finding other people that want a kinky fuck is probably a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> You've got all of online to explore. Yeah, where everybody else is at. They've got to have these sites and these communities where you can meet. And, yeah, it's going to create a little bit of a paper trail. Hopefully you keep only that email account, like, hidden on your phone someplace. Like, you might have to click three different boxes to get into it. I don't yeah. I, I don't know. People who want to be secretive about that, I don't know how they would go about being secretive about that. My, my guess is they're not successful if anybody scratches past the surface. And that's what we have here today. Yeah. We have a website that was so poorly designed... With almost no thought to security, that has given up the goods. That the hackers have gotten in and stolen everything, yeah. fucking everything. Yeah. They clean house just like the guys who did Sony did. They got fucking everything. <laughs> so, if you put your credit card in on this website, you know because you would get special perks if you put in your credit. So you could send more messages, or you could see more pictures. Maybe you could see naughty pictures. I'm not sure. Right. I, I was never on the site to know how it worked. Right. But you know, if you'd put your credit card information, I I don't know. You, your credit card might be compromised. Right. 
Well, and it's um, it is interesting too. I, I had read in one of the articles that uh, apparently they they charged you to erase all evidence that you had been on their site, but they didn't. But they weren't doing it right. They they weren't erasing. You know, and and that that rolls back to that AOL. From what I understand, yeah, you could actually unsubscribe from the site and still continue to be harassed by them. Still continue to possibly even be in charge until you actually called and talked to somebody. Oh, Just like the old AOL scam, where if you tried to leave AOL, you were you you know once you're an AOL member, yeah. it's till death. Yeah, I ended up getting charged a couple months for AOL after I had left because I didn't realize you know that their their whole process of unsubscribing and 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 you know just knocking off your account was a. Uh, it looked like you had done what you needed to but do, but you didn't. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, I th- from what I understand, Ashley Madison was probably along those same lines. Yeah, you really had to jump through hoops to have them stop sending you emails. And did they delete your account? Nope. From what I've seen on the databases, no. Yeah. From what I <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. You, you know, know I, it might it might have been a decade ago you signed up for that Ashley Madison account. They might have still had your email in the system. There's only one way to know. There's actually a website out there. Yeah. Um, it was requested. Somebody reached out to me because I'm kind of the tech guy in a lot of circles because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. Somebody had asked me, you know, how do I, how am I going to know if, if I'm on – well, I go, well – I thought about it. I scratched my head for a minute. Well, I would go that. I would guess that somebody has already trying to monetize oh, this in some form a, by putting up a database yeah, where you would yeah, just yeah. search for your email address. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And yeah. it took me about twenty seconds to G, uh, Google that shit. GTS. <laughs> I don't. You know. I don't know why they come to me and they don't Google that shit. And I actually found the uh, the address, and uh, it so, ter- turns out, you know, one of one of the people had an, an email address that was on the list, and then oh, their partner was lucky enough to not be. You know, they didn't get every subscriber; they did get most yeah. of the database, but they yeah. didn't get everybody. So, there's yeah. a, you know, there's a good chance that maybe yeah. you didn't make the list. Well, that's even worse because, like, uh, you know, spouses can go out and punch in each other's emails and, and no shit. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, unless you've got some special arrangements in life, you don't go getting married if that's your plan <laughs> to go out. And uh, maybe that's maybe that's the message here from right. this, this particular hat. Well, and I, I think that was, that was you know, the uh, the modus operandi for this hack was yeah. he, the, the, the I, I got to assume it was a group. They're speaking as a singular, but I got to assume as, as major as this hack was, I got to assume it was a group. Yeah, yeah. They didn't approve of cheating. They were obviously somebody that maybe had been oh. hurt by an extramarital affair, so they were trying to stick. Is that it. is that just your guess, or do you think no? You, that, did you that's, read that? that's published. Oh, oh, no kidding. Yeah, no. That, this this actually, I know it's just hit the news in the last couple of days. This actually yeah. became a big deal about a week or two ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. So holy crap. They had said, look, they had essentially set, sent blackmail to Ashley Madison going, yeah. we have everything. Oh, shit. You shut down your site yeah. 100% or we're going public. <laughs> Ashley Madison refused. Wow, man. That's weird. That's I can't quite put... I mean, because generally speaking, when you're looking at hacker groups and, and these underground groups on the internet, they're, they're pretty libertarian in their point of view. You know what I mean? Non non judgmental, non moralistic type. It's weird to actually think that there's a group out there that that was taking that position. That's weird. Isn't that bizarre? That, that seems really that seems really against kind of against the typical uh, modus operandi of uh, yeah. most of these hacking groups. Yeah. Obviously, somebody was fucking butt hurt. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> what he, he couldn't, he, some he, he, hacker, you he know, couldn't fucking bring the sausage at home, so his it wife was behind yeah, him yeah. back. I, no, he's I, not I, even I, married. He's just had like this fantasy through high school of marrying the the you know what one it of is. the cheerleaders. You know what she, it is. She, what? It's one of the girls he wants to fuck. Yeah. Is bitter about her husband going behind her back, and she's probably <laughs> crying on his shoulder. She's never going to fuck him, <laughs> but she's crying on his shoulder, talking about what a bad person her husband was for cheating on her. Okay, yeah, there that's you go. got that's got to be it. <laughs> I like your theory. <laughs> it didn't even take me long to jump to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you if you look for it, it uh, you know you can go to uh, ashley.cynic.al and you can search for your Google address, no. or not your Google, your email address, and it I, may or may not be on there. I wonder and, how many marriages have been impacted by this, you know? Well, how many, well, we're we're already seeing Josh Duggar, and they were able to trace yeah. that email address further and yeah. go, oh, oh he's yeah. also got an OKCupid okay account. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he was like using um, he was using a picture. Anonymous dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anonymous, a random, random guy, yeah, yeah a random guy. When they punch that into Google image search, that's what came up. So yeah. that's that's like I love that they're kind of reverse engineering his whole process of creating. But this. you know, if they're finding that out about Duggar, you know, who else are they? They're pulling up on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've already. You know, if you're going to go check out the register actually has run quite a few articles on this already since it started leaking a couple weeks ago. It's been a couple weeks. Well, the notification that it was all going to get released has been it's probably two weeks. Yeah. So they've been releasing a wow. lot of art. I don't know if they're personally involved or they were a little worried about get something getting leaked out. But you can go on there, and a lot of people would use their work email addresses, believe it or not. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. So they've got a nice little breakdown of the tech companies, and like I think Lenovo or it was IBM was number one. <laughs> <laughs> for idiots using their work email address. Oh, That's a cool new, little list to look at. Cisco was on there. I think they were down at number is, four. Their nick, new nickname is Big Blue Balls, I guess. Big Blue Balls. <laughs> yeah, no well, it, oh and, and you know, God, all of man. that said, uh, you know, you could find your, e- you could possibly find your email address in that database if you look. Yeah, yeah. Some of us might have already found our email address in that database. But... <laughs> <laughs> what I really wanted to say was they they never uh, checked right. Like you yeah. you could register any email address and they never made it a point to check. They they would just you could put somebody you hated. Somebody might have hated somebody with an address similar to mine. Oh, and maybe that's how I've been getting spammed all these years because somebody just used my email address and yeah. then they just started sending me spam and then I couldn't cancel the account because of course it wasn't my account. I didn't know the password. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Yeah, cops didn't see I it. I didn't you. do it. I believe you, Mike. I believe you. You don't have to make your case to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and you know, some people I, were dumb enough to give them their credit card information. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You, you know, PayPal. Always use PayPal online, or you know, you can buy burner credit cards. Well, buy yeah, a burner even, credit card. Even email addresses are like a dime a dozen. You can right. go on any any webmail service and create an email. Why would you use your fucking work email? You for know, God's sake! Yeah, if you look into it, Gmail will actually let you use aliases too if you know how to create them correctly. Oh yeah, they yeah. do that now. Yeah, well they've oh, al- they've always done it. You just got to kind of dig for how it's done. Oh okay, yeah, that's cool. That's a feature from uh, Yahoo Mail that yeah. I wish that Gmail had. So yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, wow. Crazy. So yeah, here we are, and, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to ju- judge 
the Duggar kid for for being online. I mean, you know, maybe I, I actually got into a little bit of a, a debate with Deanne earlier today about that, which is where I I kind of I I sort of feel sorry for the kid for him, and we don't know we don't know not, what kind of you know agreements he has. Yeah, not because I mean everybody's rushing to condemn him and and take him to task because he's been part of this you know conservative political group that's gone after gays. And it's like that that guy is 100% a product of his upbringing from this fanatical religious family. And I mean, and he might just be really, like a puppet head, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what that's I'll, kind of what I feel like. I feel like he's he's kind of like looking desperately for some sort of outlet for for, you know, to have like a real life outside of this crazy cult family that he's a part of. I fucked that poor up. Yeah, poor I know. Up. <laughs> That's a significant head on that beer. I don't think I've ever poured a beer so poorly. That's okay. I'll take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, there's part of me that kind of feels sorry for the guy because he's really never been in charge of his own destiny. He's never been in charge of his own life. He, he doesn't make decisions about what he believes or what he thinks. And, um, you know, he's in a, a, a very highly controlled environment. They don't, you know, they keep their kids away from... From all outside influences, he's probably wound so fucking tight. Yeah, what else is he yeah. gonna do but the fuck to explode? Yeah, there's and there's, so I, I see this kind of online witch hunt about him specifically, and I think it's not really him. Leave that guy alone. He's just fucked up. He's the result of this weird religious cult that his parents are part of and have raised him, you know, being a part of. And this is just how he turned out. Let's well, not even be judgy. We'll just call it a cult. Not even a weird cult. <laughs> it's just a cult. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was I'm. I, I'm from that, Belling, Bellingham. I'm supposed to be very politically correct about that. They're just a cult. They're just a cult. And cults aren't bad. Cults aren't Not necessarily. Bad. No, sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they do nice things. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Um, I mean, his whole anyway. wedding might be a sham, you know? I mean, yeah. of course he's going to be looking for head on the side. Who doesn't want head? <laughs> yeah. Weddings. Speaking of weddings. Right. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? <laughs> I probably didn't. Um, Been uh, kind of fascinated lately with uh, some of these TV shows. I don't know if you ever watch any of the kind of reality shows on on cable. Um, you know, I've actually had to watch a few of well, yeah. the Bridezilla show, but I was actually at a yeah, I was at I was I was at a wedding uh, last week week oh, yeah? before. Who, uh, maybe. who was that? Cousin of mine got married at the Bellwether. Oh, okay. Well, at the cool. Bellwether. Yeah. You can imagine the kind of dollars it takes to th- I was throw a wedding was, at the Bellwether. That's a nice, nice place there. Actually. Yeah, it hit. Yeah, yeah, it was a very nice wedding. It, it had a lot of a really good time at it. it was a great wedding. So I was yeah. kind of interested to see what your angle was for bringing this up as a topic. Well, I was just bringing it up because I've, I've noticed uh, a lot of these shows on cable that I'm sometimes uh, forced to watch. <laughs> These kind of these shows where they show the girls like I'm going to go with you on forced right because if she's giving you a handy while you're sitting there you can't get up and leave <laughs> you're well, going to be focused uh, to watching the show you're not going I anywhere. always you know I, I my wife enjoys watching these shows and I know she she likes it mostly just to see like the dresses and the decor and stuff well she's, really she's trying that. she's planning a wedding I mean it's you know yeah <laughs> it might not be this year but next year eventually as soon as she meets that right guy on yeah. Ashley Madison. <laughs> No, um, let's check her email address right now. That's right. I'm going to check that when I get home. Um, but it just kind of amazes me. They have these shows on, you know, like say yes to the dress, where they, these girls go into these expensive. I've seen that one too. Yeah, where they go in and it's like this expensive. This look for searching for the dress, and they always ask them, "Well, what's your 
what's your budget? And it's always like $6,000. And I just, my jaw hits the floor every fucking time I hear that kind of, it's like $6,000 for a fucking dress. Are you kidding me? You could buy a really good used car for (laughs) (laughs) $6,000. We need to get Dave Ramsey on the phone. (laughs) But, and, and there's another show called four weddings. I think is what it's called where four, they, they visit four different weddings. And the brides attend each other's weddings, and it's like it's sort of a competition to see who can have the best wedding. And um, something tells me the show ain't footing the bill either. No, no. And they oftentimes talk about the budget, and people are talking like seventy, eighty thousand dollars for weddings. God, fuck that noise! Oh my god, fuck man! It I in can't. The ass. I know, man. I just, it's like I, I can't even get my head around that idea. It's like seventy thousand dollars for a freaking wedding. And one of the, you know, the show at one point last week, uh, Deanne, Deanne was watching an episode, and I was sitting with her watching it, and they, they mentioned something about one of the weddings was eighteen thousand dollars, and so that was kind of a. It was sort of uh, like poor people wedding. Poor, yeah, it was kind of humble. It was like um, that's eighteen thousand dollars, man. That's there's nothing like uh, that's a lot of money still, right? And just because they're not spending seven seventy thousand, you know, you've got people renting entire yachts and stuff and doing their whole wedding up on the up on the deck. How much ass could you get for seventy thousand dollars? <laughs> Let me go. On I want it lined up, man. Let me go. Fucking bent over. <laughs> Lined up down the room. Let me go one thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Let me go on AshleyMadison.com and see what the see what the see what they tell you. Well, see with Ashley Madison, that's the whole point, right? You just buy into their credit system, yeah, and then the rest of it's for free. You'd never have to pay that seventy thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Shotgun approach. Well, there you go. Much better approach. <laughs> You're saving money, man. Dave Ramsey would be proud. I, I kind of think he wouldn't approve of that, but I'm. <laughs> I don't want to speak for the guy. <laughs> but anyway, I just I I think back to my wedding and we had like freaking nothing to really? our name at the time and I I think um a lot of it really happened because of uh you know everybody's generosity around us. We spent a little bit of our own money. We had a uh, a friend whose mom was a florist, so she did all the flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't rent anything. We had a family who in Aberdeen had a little bit of money. They had a nice house up on the hill, so they let us use their front room. Which sounds stupid, but if you were in the front room, you saw like they had these big windows you could see out, and it was like beautiful up there, and it was a nice, nice place to do it. And we did it literally for next to nothing. You know, I think we bought some of the flowers that were there, and and the cake was paid for by probably my a lot of law. sweat equity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really did. It was just it was very low key. Mm-hmm. And um, how many people? Uh, there's probably about twenty, thirty people present. Mm-hmm. It was there. It was it was not your typical wedding, but and at the time, I remember being slightly embarrassed about that fact. But now I look back on it and I think, yeah, what's to be embarrassed about? We didn't spend seventy fucking thousand dollars on it. That's, yeah, I'm not. I I'm I sitting here it, thinking man. I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not even sure where you come off with saying embarrassed. Uh, I don't know, it's just because I had it in my head back then that I think that, and this is what I think affects a lot of people in these shows, is the idea that it's like a big social statement. It's like, here's my wedding, and it's got to be big, and it's got to be huge, this mm-hmm. big event that everybody's going to be impressed with. And, I, and, you know, it's like over the years, I've gotten out of that my, state of mind. It's like, I, you know, I don't even really get I would probably do it exactly that same way now. Well, what are you going to do? I mean... Both of us have got daughters. I mean, your daughter's a little bit closer to marrying age than mine. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, how is that going to influence you and in, uh, in budgeting for her wedding? Because, well, because it's the tradition that the the daughter's family pays for, it, right? Right. Well, that, that's that, that's what I'm thinking because we're sitting here talking about the wedding, and, and yeah. we had, you know, we didn't have an outrageous wedding. We had the the wedding Nicole wanted. Nicole got the input, and yeah. I, I think she ended up with everything she wanted. I'm, I, what did you guys do? What was your wedding? Uh, we had a wedding at a church in Ferndale. A, you know, not a fancy church, but it was a, a, a church where I felt comfortable enough getting married at. Yeah. Um, just because it wasn't too restrictive. And then we uh, were out at the Loomis Trail Golf Course for our reception. Oh, wow. Um, our bus driver, we both rode the same bus for a couple of years, mm-hmm. made us our, our wedding cake. So, um, <laughs> That's cool. You know what? I wasn't involved in the cost too much. I had to buy her a ring, and I think I paid for the tuxes for the dudes. Um, it didn't really cost me anything. So yeah. I've got uh, n- almost no idea what that wedding cost. <laughs> yeah. But it, it 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 you know as it was at the at the Loomis Trail Golf Course, and I know she had a really nice wedding dress. Uh, it probably cost a few dollars. It, it yeah. it maybe not wasn't seventy. It might have been less than twenty, but yeah. it was more than I would ever want to spend. <laughs> uh, you know, someday, I, you know, I've I've got a daughter too, and uh, someday, uh, let's just hope she's lesbian and she wants to marry somebody else. And I'm not sure what the tradition is. They do you flip a coin to see whose dad's paying for it? I don't know. <laughs> I got a 50-50 shot. You ask him which one's the guy, which one's the girl, right? <laughs> and that's God. then you figure it out that You're way. You're such a pig. I know. That's the worst <laughs> thing I've heard all week. God. Yeah, oh, if Jeff was here, he'd have fired me by now. <laughs> he's in Mexico, though. He's shouting, You're fired in Spanish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he doesn't know why. He's just. Oh, doing it. man, that was a good. <laughs> but, um,. I really take offense to the whole, uh, you know, the girl's family pays for the wedding because that comes from a tradition of, you know, this idea that the that the girl is somehow a burden to the guy's family. It's like a really sexist bunch of shit. It's it comes from that whole whole sense of the 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 girl's family is going to pay for all this because the the boy's family is taking on this girl, and it's just I I really find that to be offensive and. Uh, like when when my daughter gets married, it's going to be a fifty fifty split between us and the other family. It'll be just the exact same thing with Mason too. You know, it won't be. You know, I don't feel like it's this. We should play this bullshit game with. Wait the, a minute, though. I mean, what? you talk a big game, but man, I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah. <laughs> if I was dude's da- dad, yeah, I might be fuck you. You're paying, Mm-mm. and you're just not going to pay. No. See, I, I used to joke around that we were going to raise our kids that, um, you know, to teach Alex that eloping is the way to get married. Right. And that Mason, it's, uh, you know, the big extravagant wedding. <laughs> now you're just going to teach them both to elope. Yeah, that'll be easiest. It's not me, it's the beer. It's uh-huh. not me, it's the beer. The beer that we're drinking, by the way, is Scuttlebutt Brewing Ming the Merciless. And uh, Mike is getting a serious head from uh, pouring this. Both both times, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it does say right here on the label, Ming it's the fucking coolest label. Yeah, hey, you know it's uh, it's a, a Flash Gordon throwback here. Yeah, yep. but uh, you know it says right on the little tail end of the label. If you look really close, every ounce is pain. It's not spicy, is it? <laughs> I don't. You've been drinking it for. Is a while. Is it supposed to be spicy? Uh, well, I just don't know what they get by every ounce is pain. Is that one of Ming's lines? I, I, oh, I don't it's know. It's been so long since I've seen Flash Gordon. Do you know I just downloaded that movie about two weeks ago? Or I, I purchased it off a legitimate <laughs> video vendor online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Amazon.com. 
it was called iTunes Torrent something. I don't remember what it was. But um, <laughs> iTunes not Torrent. That was a movie that I loved as a kid, and that's another one that's on the list of do I want to rewatch it or do I want to just remember it for what it was? Because uh, I loved that movie as a kid, and I don't I don't want to ruin. I saw it. it as a double feature. Yeah, with what? Uh, the Buck Rogers movie. A lot of people, if you've seen the Buck Rogers TV show, they don't realize that it actually started with a... Uh, I, I don't know if it was a theatrical release, or maybe they just released the TV episode theatrically. Yeah? But it did. I do remember seeing it at the drive-in back-to-back with Flash Gordon. Oh, I don't. I have no recollection of that. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Um, tweety, tweety, tweety. I know I saw that movie multiple times, though, at the theater. Um the Flash Gordon movie. You know what's funny is that everybody, and this this again ties in with me always sort of being out of out of the loop with like the sex thing. Um, I remember there was a a point in the movie that used to piss me off because I'm getting into the Flash Gordon movie. I love this. Like I think this is awesome. This is like almost on the level of Star Wars, but um, I I dig it. And then there's a scene where they show a ship from the side, and it's vaguely penis shaped, and the whole audience busts up laughing, and I'm just like. Shut up! It's not funny. It's just the way the ship looks. Shut up, everybody! Just <laughs> to just piss me off, man. It's not veiny, is it? Because if it's veiny, then of course you're gonna get laughs. <laughs> it was funny too. The first time that happened in the theater, I didn't get why everybody was laughing. I was like, "Well, why is everybody, there's like a spaceship on this on the screen? Why? What's so funny about that?" Wasn't there? A, I, I have not seen it since I was yeah. that young. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I've seen it a couple times on HBO after seeing it at the drive-in, but no, I watched a million. times I on don't HBO. think it caught my attention enough to watch it too many more times. So, uh, but yeah. from what I understand, there's actually a lot of that in that film. I don't remember it. See, this is why I'm slightly afraid to go and watch it again because it's gonna it's gonna ruin. I think it. I think it was actually supposed to be filled with innuendo, which is probably why my yeah. parents took me to see it because they were a couple of <laughs> bunny rabbits. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been on the Ashley Madison side right. in a heartbeat. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so they might have been there. Yeah. Who knows? I didn't check their email but, address. <laughs> I got to go back. But uh, Yeah, I love that movie. Nobody man. wants I, to I know their thought... parents are on Ashley Madison. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a wrong path for us to take with this discussion. <laughs> but, uh, so you're you're ready to go back and watch it, huh? I've got it. I just haven't worked up enough nerve to start watching it. I've 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 opened it and looked at a couple scenes that I wanted to look at again. Um, I remember the scene where the flying guys attack the ship, the bird dudes. Yeah, yeah. I remember loving that. And I watched, I watched about half of that, and it was okay. I mean, it looks fakey as hell. I mean, I can get around that. I right. can get around the the bad special effects. If you but. set it next to Star Wars, though, which one holds up better? Because Star Wars well, doesn't hold up either. It's hard to say, though, because Star Wars has been massaged over the years. You know, the version that we buy now on DVD, you know, they've gone back. Even scenes where they haven't actually changed anything, they've gone back and taken the original photographic, you know, the plates that they for all the stuff, and they've recomposited it using computers. So even some of the stuff that was kind of fakey looking back then suddenly mm-hmm. looks a lot better now than it used to look. And so... You don't have the Laserdisc edition, because the Laserdisc yeah. edition was definitive. I've got that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the um, the VHS version. So. Yeah, no, the the laser disc actually was definitive. It was yeah. taken straight from the from the original film stock, unedited. Oh, no kidding! And yeah, I mean you can see all the wires behind everything. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's okay. Because we had that. See, I don't want to see. We all were that. we were cinephiles back in the early '90s. We had the laser disc player, Nicole and I. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's cool. 
See? Yeah, I've actually heard a lot of people on Star Wars forums talk about the Laserdisc version. That's the one you want. Being like that's, the, that's the keeper. Yeah. Is that um? You know he he made so many changes to it. Like even early on, you know he he, he um made a lot of little uh, changes to it. But are, the Laserdisc version is that like the original original of the like the the. You know, I, 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 yeah, it, that's what I've been told all along. Uh, you know, yeah, we're talking about early nineties, and yeah. my recollection of what I seen back in the seventies, I, I couldn't tell you if it was, but in my one mind, of, it wasn't any different. One of the first changes he made was he replaced the voice of Aunt Baru. He had another actress come in, and they redid another version of it where they where he he changed he had someone come in and voice over her and you can see it and i've always wondered why you know i learned, the links, learned more the lips don't sing, sing yeah up. i used to look and i was like it's not quite it's it's like somebody you could tell somebody was voicing over it and it didn't quite match up to what she was to the to her mouth and i'm now i'm feeling the spice from this thing i mean, i am actually feeling a little bit it's not a lot yeah i don't know man scuttlebutt uh, scuttlebutt what would you give this? Uh, one and a half, two. I I think I'd give it a two. I'd I'd have and a, I'm that's being generous. I'm not too crazy about this. I I would have a hard time pouring anymore. To be honest with you, the label's really cool though. I'm uh, you know I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit about the artwork on the label, but uh, yeah. you know we've had Scuttlebolt Bud on the podcast a number of times, and I think they always kind of it's. Just yeah. uh, you know, when I talk about Everett Water, I'm talking about Scuttlebutt <laughs> <laughs> Brewing. I, I just Everett don't, Water. I, yeah, well, uh. they're out of Everett, so yeah. Uh, okay. You know the other the other brewery that's out of Everett, which is I think it's called Fat Boy or Fat Fat mm. something, right? And they both got this very not clean taste. Oh, and okay. I just call it Ever- the Everett Water taste. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I was at Maggie's last weekend. I was talking about uh, they had a scuttlebutt sitting up there. I was like, I'm not drinking that Everett water, that dirty Everett. <laughs> Everybody laughed. They knew what I was talking about. They know how that beer tastes. Oh, man. That's just mean. That's mean spirited. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I This is, it's drinkable. I mean, I could. I could finish it. It's dark, the glass. man. You know what? If you've been fishing all day or something, you're getting yeah. off the crab boat. Yeah. You're sitting in the Everett docks. You might want something with a lot of funk. You know, you want something so strong you can't taste it over the smell of it's, seafood on your shirt. Yeah, it's got a lot of that taste that I don't like in in a lot of the um, mainstream skunky. beers. It's yeah. very skunky. It kind of is. Sorry, Scuttlebutt. Ming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, merciless. Every but. ounce is pain. <laughs> maybe that's what they meant. Maybe they came up with this and they're going, oh my God, this is shit. We should just call it Ming the Merciless and sell it on the fact mm-hmm. that it hurts you. <laughs> By contrast, though, the uh, the Kitty Cat Blues but that we had before this, we didn't rate that, but I would I would give that a four. I yeah, like that a lot. Solid, solid I, four. Now that I know it's out of five, I would give it a solid four. Maybe even, <laughs> even reach forward and go, it's a solid four and a half. This whole time, did you think it was only up to four? If you go back, you'll you'll realize about ten episodes. I realized it was four out of five, and I went, "Wait, what?" Now we're gonna have to go back and recalculate all your ratings. That's right. You, you said that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep drinking it. To be honest, it was a. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd give the label a four. I'd happily pour it out for you, and I I would I would suggest we skip the uh, the yeah. other one you brought. Yeah, this you one. Think? You want to try? That's fine. We'll 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 go with your judgment. You seem to have better judgment than I have in that regard. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, the uh, you heard about this uh, beer mile thing that I that I mentioned earlier. You know, I actually had about a year ago, yeah. and I don't know. See, I wanted to, I wanted to look at the story you posted because it, yeah. I almost remember that story from a year or two ago. Yeah, the beer mile. So the beer mile is basically for podcast listeners who don't have Google in front of them. <laughs> Maybe they're on AOL and they don't have access to it. Um, it's basically this: uh, you you run laps, four hundred meters lap or a lap of 400 meters you almost before gotta, each you week. almost got to do it on a track because yeah oh yeah yeah it's you, supposed to be a specific amount yeah. you're supposed to run that amount after drinking a beer and the beer has to be a five percent beer 12 ounce and uh i guess i guess it's pretty challenging i guess it's pretty challenging to keep to going not puke <laughs> I wanted to blame it on the beer, Rick. I, I really did. That's fine. Mike got another uh, head here. That's fine. We're gonna. We're I'm, gonna. <laughs> this is going down. This is a day of infamy. <laughs> it's gonna go down in history. But um, I. It struck me as kind of a douchey dude, bro type thing. But now, then, then your response was that you wanted to try it. So <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I misjudged it. <laughs> you may. You know. Um, like I said, I, I, I came across this maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it does seem kind of very frat house, but you've got to understand that a lot of the running community is very, uh, athletic. This, this is more for athletes than beer, <laughs> beer drinkers. Oh. I mean, they're going for world well, records, right? I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't look, what, what does, did the article outline what their finishing time for that mile was? Um, there's actually, the reason that article caught my attention was because there's a couple of people arguing over who has the record currently. And it's like, uh, it's like four, four minutes and 30 seconds. And each one of them are like, holy like, fuck, man, know, that is fast. I'm trying to imagine that. And it's like, no freaking way. I don't even know if I could drink four beers in four minutes, much less run that far. And you have to actually stop. I read the rules on the website. There's like a beermile.com or you, something. You can't, the beer can't be pre-opened. No, you have to stop. And there's like a 10-meter area where you have to stop in. You have to chug the beer. You can't it has sp- to be empty. You can't spill too much of off. it because, you know, anybody who's done a run, you know, if you go out and you, you do those 5K runs, those 10K runs, or those mm-hmm. half marathon runs, yeah, like myself, yeah, uh, you'll know that when you stop and get that water, right, most of it ends up on your shirt. You know, you just toss it back while you're moving by. You just have a hard time. So, no, and you're not allowed to do that with the beer run. The, no. beer, the beer run, you're not allowed to spill too much. No, you're, you need to, it actually has to all go in. Yes, and uh, you can't have any leftover in the can. And for some bizarre reason, they specify it's got to be in a can. Right. And I don't know exactly. I don't I know if I think that's it's like gonna, a... I think it's going to pour slower than if it's in a bottle. Oh, you know, yeah, actually, it probably is to control how fast you can pour it. So you can't pour it into a pitcher first right. and then, yeah, and then go. And then, you know, open up your gullet and just slam it down. Yeah. But. Because um, that's right. You actually can't have 12-ounce bottles uh, if you can find them. Yeah. And then use that. But uh, it, yeah. it can't. It can't be in a pitcher. It can't. You know. Yeah. You can't have a straw in it. <laughs> Although the image of a guy running with a can of beer and a straw in it was hilarious. I like that idea. I think just somebody... do it, Nike. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crossover marketing campaign that needs to happen. A They've beer missed, company and Nike. They have <laughs> missed an opportunity. You know. I mean. They, you know they're right there from Beer Central. You know in the heart of Oregon. There's no reason why they they should. So why would you want to try this? 
I'm just just to see if you could do it. Or well, I like to, I like to, I enjoy running. I just want to see how much it slows me down or how much easier it is to run without all that beer yeah. in me. Wouldn't it be funny though if you did it and you found out you're like increasingly running faster and faster? But I think I might. I think I might because you get you get. Uh, you know, you know one of the one of the hard things about running that one mile sprint is maintaining that speed. But here you get that yeah, little bit of yeah. break. But then you got all this shit that's floating around in your stomach, <laughs> and I just think, you're, man, you're going to end up hurling. And they actually make rules that to accommodate for the hurling. Yeah. You just got to do extra laps. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't. I didn't catch that part. It reminds me of that episode. Have you ever seen the episode of WKRP in Cincinnati where they? They're doing an on, uh, a live on the air test to see how alcohol affects your reflexes, <laughs> and they have a what's his name? The guy Howard Hessman played the the DJ, um, Downtown Johnny, yeah, Johnny so Midnight, he, yeah, like yeah. That. And he was um, they were doing this thing where they would drop something, he would catch it out of the air, you know, and he would keep drinking and drinking. And as they progressed, his reflexes were getting better and better. <laughs> the guy was going, "This isn't what's supposed to be happening. You're supposed to be getting worse." <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You can just see that your time keeps improving. Les Les Nesman was probably a little upset about that. He was. <laughs> That's one of those TV series I've always meant to go back and actually start watching from the beginning and watch uh, the whole thing. You know, I hadn't thought about it years till you just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, doing the run, it sounded like fun to me. I, I don't know why we don't try it. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna set any records, man. I I couldn't run a four minute mile if I if I dreamt about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my uh, well, you know. My mile time is the fastest I've ever had is like a nine thirty mile. That's pretty fast, though. I mean, not I could... really. I mean, kids, you know, at, at the at the school level, they're supposed to run a mile in seven minutes. It's supposed to be a seven yeah. minute mile. It's supposed to be about average. Yeah, but that's kids. <laughs> yeah, they're right. They're they're young. They're light. They're buoyant. They. I mean, that is. And I, all, I they, could I could run really well when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even sugar. Right. Fucking shit, shooting sugar in the in inside their locker. They're like, oh, I got gym class next. I got to do that seven minute mile. Yeah. Okay. Here, I wanted to double check to make sure I wasn't giving you the wrong info. On Friday, August seventh, Australian Josh Harris, twenty five, posted a YouTube video of himself finishing a beer mile in four minutes fifty six point two seconds. Fuck, that's so fast. That's crazy. Yeah. During a solo run, his time beat you know, the previous official record set by James Nielsen of Novato, California, who's Four minutes fifty-seven point one seconds from April two thousand fourteen, and now an ad popped up, and I can't read anymore. <laughs> okay, Mark, the first ever sub five uh, beer mile. So yeah, so people are getting this under five. I I honestly don't even think all running aside, I don't think I could chug four beers in in four minutes, much less or five minutes, much less. I would I would be I'd be struggling. I'd be fucked up at least. I mean. Uh, I don't know if I could keep it. We down. could be the first podcast though to do the beer mile. We <laughs> we could have that record. Just let's leave out the running part. Can we just do the drinking part? Can we just do the five five or four beers and well, the how, five how about you drink the beer? I'll run. Yeah, <laughs> we'll split it up. <laughs> feel like the uh, feel like uh, what do they call that? Where the uh, relay race? Baton. Yeah, relay. Yeah. You know, we pass the baton. One of us will do the drinking. One of us will do the running. That'll, that'll work out great. I like that. Then I don't got to worry about puking because I'm really I'm sure. Have you ever gone running when you're when you're drunk? Uh, once. 
<laughs> I like that little pause once. Once. I did it once. I see the post-traumatic it, stress disorder. It, well, no, I, I did it exactly once. Yeah. I, yeah. We had recorded the podcast, and I hadn't gone to the gym yet that day. It was one of those early episodes. I was like, well, I really got to go to the gym. Yeah. So I wasn't even drunk, like, really. But, you know, it's just like that after drinking, and your body's full, and it's oh, dirty, and yeah, it's contaminated. Yeah. and You don't function well, you know? In fact, I've made it a point, like earlier today, we were discussing what time we were going to record, and it was like, yeah, if we record early, I'm not working out. I mean, sure, I, I still got the same amount of time, right, to dedicate towards getting to the gym, but yeah. I, after that running that once, I know yeah. you're not going to do it, Mike. <laughs> if you've been drinking, you're not going to run. You're not going to go to the gym. You're not going to lift weights. It's not fucking happening because it does not work. I, I have a problem walking the dog after the podcast. You know, you guys take <laughs> off and I go take the dog for a walk and I have problems with that. I don't, I couldn't even see myself even attempting to run. Molly, take me back home. <laughs> I'm not sure where it's at, but I think you can get us there. <laughs> uh, so what is this? This is Breakside Brewing Wanderlust. Uh, Wanderlust. Miller left this beer here. Last we've, we've had this on the beer. In fact, funny enough, I'm talking about all the labels you yeah. know, that I've bought beer because of the label. Yeah. That is probably one of the first ones that I bought because of the label. Yeah. I that, thought that one was cool. It's, it's a, you know, it's funny because Miller and I were sitting here and I'm, this is, you know, I know we'd had it on the podcast before, and I'm looking at it, and I always look at it, and I always go, that's a really great looking label. And I go, oh, but I remember it was not a remarkable beer. It's a really good average beer, but it's not remarkable. Yeah. But I'm looking at the label, and if you look at it closely, it says Oregon, mm-hmm. and it, it has this really big, it's like there's Washington State, but it says Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I go, wait a minute. You know, Miller's, Miller paid attention to school more than I did. <laughs> I mean, he was less, he wasn't as stoned as frequently, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't smoke out as much as some of us did. Nah. So I'm looking at it, and I go, wait a minute. I recognize all these landmarks on the map here, and I go, but it yeah. says it's all Oregon. And then I look, and then if you look really close, and then underneath the really thick uh, logo on the front, yeah. you'll see the word territory. And I go, Oregon territory? Oh, oh. I didn't even catch that. I go, is Washington part of the Oregon Territory? He goes, fucking Mike. (laughs) Fuck, Mike. Were you always stoned during school? (laughs) Of course Washington was part of the Oregon Territory, you asshole. Yeah, it was a pretty big area. Um, Yeah, that's kind of cool. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. I was mesmerized. And it's it's a really it's a really good drinkable beer. It's just yeah. the labels is I think it's less remarkable than its label. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it's, it a three. I it's think a, it's it's a, it's a good average beer. Yeah, I, I I have no complaints about it, but it's not knocking my socks off. The label, um, on the other very, hand, the, the label jumps out at you. The label, yeah, it does. The label's terrific. I, and the I name Wanderlust. I mean, I've got a Wanderlust. Yeah. I love going all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, uh, you know, it's don't got a, a strong hoppy kind of flavor to it. I mean, like as opposed to which was the uh, the Ming the Merciless. Yeah, <sighs> that had a low hop flavor, high skank flavor. This has a high <laughs> hop, low skank flavor. Right. To it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's you know it's got a little bit of pepper on the back end of it. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, but, and it's got. It starts out kind of sweet and mellow, and then it, it, the on the back end of it, and the, the viscosity of it is, you know, it's fairly, fairly viscous. The alcohol, I'm going to say, is probably close to six and a half. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a real decent beer. Yeah, 
Yep, I remember liking it the first night. Yeah, it's six six point seven actually. Yeah. Uh, right on. And I said, "Fuck you, Miller." At least I know how Portland, the city, was named because I had <laughs> earlier that day read an article about how they had flipped the coin on it. It was either going to that the two guys that owned all the property that is now Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, one of them was from Boston, and one of them was from Portland, Maine. Oh, they literally flipped a fucking coin on it. Oh, it, wow! It could have been New Boston, but it ended up being Portland. Oh, wow! Wow, that's cool. Interesting. So I said, "Fuck you, Miller." There's your history lesson. Tell me about the Oregon Little territory. Little history lesson about Bellingham. Bellingham was actually originally a a small settlement in the area of Boulevard Park, where that is now, on the bay, and it was a um, fairly insignificant and um. You had like Wacom and Old Town and Fairhaven. Those areas of, of were calling themselves, you know, their own their own cities. And um, when Wacom and Fairhaven joined, they couldn't agree on a name, mm-hmm. and so they they went back and said, "Well, how about if instead of using either of our names, we go back to this old settlement that used to be called Bellingham, and we just use that?" So that's anyway. They ended up settling on Bellingham. I thought, well, that's not very cool. <laughs> But Fairhaven didn't. They still call themselves Fairhaven. You know, yeah, they just said, fuck you. <laughs> Whitecomb was like, we're going to call ourselves Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so how about that female or- Viagra? <laughs> Can I um, I just question the, the wisdom of what? how exactly it does? I haven't even read anything about it. I've seen the headlines, and that's all I know is that it sounds ridiculous. It, well, it, let me ask you why it sounds ridiculous to you, because I know why it sounds ridiculous well, because, to me, because I've taken Viagra. Okay. Um, I've, I've never taken it, but isn't the idea that it causes you to get an erection? Yes. So, therefore, a woman taking Viagra, um, I mean, isn't there like a logical... They get an erection? Where, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. What is it supposed to do? I mean, is it just like a... Like a uh, Makes them puts them in the mood, or does it do something physically? That's about a, that's where I'm not getting. Well, that, and, see, that's that's where the misconception is, right? Because women, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make generalizations here, even though I know I am. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, women were like, "Well, we don't have our own Viagra." Well, what do you mean? You don't have dicks? <laughs> they can get lady boners. They can, they actually can get lady boners. <laughs> And if a woman were to take Viagra, they would probably find that their clitoris would actually get engorged. Sure. Similar to the way that the penis does. Okay. But that doesn't make them more interested in sex. And it does, you know what? Honestly, it doesn't make a man more interested in sex. We are already kind of geared to be more interested in sex. So having the boner just makes us capable. Yeah. So, um,. Well, it hasn't been brought up in the media much. Uh, you know, a few of the alternative sites I look at go, exactly. I mean, you know, having taken Viagra, I know that it doesn't necessarily make you any more horny. It just makes you capable of producing right. an outcome to your horniness, whereas women thought Viagra made you horny. It was like, oh, we need a pill to make us horny like men have. No. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so, and and that's that's kind of where it stops because I've just been sticking to the headlines and reading the first little yeah. paragraph of each article. And what I really wanted to read was does ladies this new ladies Viagra yeah. with it's a pink pill by the way too, which is another <laughs> thing that's insulting. Of course. <laughs> is there any reason why it's not white or blue? I mean, yeah, why does it got to be pink? So. What is it doing for them? Is it make is it Spanish fly? Because if it's Spanish fly, it's this thing yeah. I can get behind. Uh, you know, is it going to make them horny? 
But that's not. But fem- I don't, I that's don't, not female. Vi- I mean, female. Vi- what is? That's not the male equivalent. The male equivalent just gives you wood. Yeah. You know. You know. <laughs> I'm confused. You're asking the wrong guy for an answer to that. I don't know. I mean, I really don't get it. Um, I'll I'll confess I haven't read that much about it. So at they've all, been they've so been I crying don't... for years because they didn't have. You know, we don't have female Viagra. You know, we don't have a female Viagra. Well, mm-hmm. you don't understand. You don't have penises. Okay. All that said, though, I do understand that that the clitoris, when it's engorged with blood, it will be more sensitive and more prone to female ejaculation. So, yeah, having having said that, you know, a female Viagra, it, it makes sense. You know, if if a woman has a hard time getting off or coming, sure, take it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I always I, thought fem- female Viagra was going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and I both have friends, and we all know, you know, everybody's had hotel sex before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, hotel sex is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about, is getting the... Why is that? Why? Why? It's just a different location? Is that it? I mean, it's not even, in some cases, it's not it's even It's like a Motel nice... 6. Why are the, what's turning you on about Motel 6? <laughs> that's know? the guy in the next room making meth. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's a weird I've always wondered about that. But yeah, um I like I said, I, I confess I haven't read much of the articles about it. I just see the headlines and I kinda like what I don't I don't get what that's supposed to be. I'm telling you though, if it's Spanish fly, I mean why yeah. doesn't every guy carry it around with him? If 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 it's But does that even work? I've heard that that's all bullshit and well, it doesn't even work. You know, the the Span- uh. Spanish fly does not work. Yeah. Absolutely does not work. But if what they're saying is they've come up with a product that does work, because that's yeah. what the women have been asking for yeah. ostensibly. What they've been asking for is something that will make them interested in sex again. Okay. Whenever you hear a female complain about wanting a female Viagra, yeah. they want something that will make them interested in having sex. They don't need a boner. They don't have, you know, they don't have to have a boner to have sex. Mm-hmm. So ostensibly, what they've been asking for is something to make them horny. So I, they I, don't, they don't need that, but they do need to physically be prepared for it because it's not, um, you know, it can be unpleasant if they're not ready for it. You know, <laughs> they're well, not I mean, feeling it. Well, uh, okay. Well, if if you're, if you're going to take it to that lines, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what your KY is for your gun oil. You, yeah, you know, all of that will make them physically ready for it. But I just, I think, um, I think women are a lot more into the emotional end of it. You know, right. if they're not so, feeling it. They're not feeling it. So if 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 Lady Viagra is to make them feel it, then fuck, I'm all for it. <laughs> Are you saying you want to put uh, money I, I, into this scientific research? <laughs> I would I would carry it around with me in my pocket. Let me just add a little to your beer. Oh, just, while you're not looking, I'll just throw a little <laughs> bit in there for you. I'm pretty sure that's not how it's supposed to be used. It's but, not the same as a roofie, um, right? The roofie, you're knocking them out. You're taking advantage of this. Here, you're just, you know, you know yeah. cutting the deck in your favor, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I think we are approaching the end of this episode. <laughs> we are. So, Paul Lynch, I just want to say good night. Yeah, and Jeff, I just want to say uh, buenas noches. <laughs> good night, Jeff. Good night, Jeff. I was going to come up with a good ending for the podcast, but I'm busy signing up for an Ashley Madison account, hoping to score with another hot robot chick or maybe a toaster. I'm not picky. 
Beer Plus 3 featured Michael Zamora and Rick Anderson. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. Dave Ramsey, is that the guy uh, you listen to? Is that your financial expert? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why, yeah. Why are you asking that? He got into a little bit of heat in the last couple of weeks. Really? Why? Why? Uh, well, you're probably familiar with his Don't Buy a New Car plan. Yeah. That was a picture of him buying a brand new C7 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, he, he'll say that on his show, um, that he, he buys new cars, but his, his, his attitude is, well, what was there something... That sounds a little excessive, though. So that sounds like it might go against his. Uh, his <laughs> a, little, uh, a little excessive. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. little bit. His attitude is that once you get to a certain point with your finances, then then you can start looking at you know if you if you're into the idea of having a new car, then it's then it's okay. Right. But you know his attitude is that if you you know if you're not saving for some kind of retirement, um, if you're not ready for your kids to go to college or to pay for that, you know if you don't have some sort of emergency money in your bank or whatever. Enough to get by in, in the event of an emergency or whatever, then yeah. you know you got no business I buying think, a new car. Well, I mean, there's a picture of him buying it. Not, did, not just did you see that. Where did you see not, that? Not just, it's on Jalopnik. Not just any new car though, but a C7. Oh, on sites <laughs> like that though, people probably hate his guts on sites like. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, more so than that is a lot of his argument doesn't make sense as far as going to buy like a like a just off well, lease he, car and that kind of thing. Yeah. It makes sense if you're into um, what he does is he's he's into gaming things in in your favor financially from every like every little thing, and so things like that may not necessarily make sense. I've kind of wrestled with the whole new car versus you know because his attitude is once you've bought it and you've driven off the lot, you've already lost money. That's it because the you know it devalues, and so his attitude is that you're why would you want to have a long-term, you know, these payments for this car, mm-hmm. it, if the value is constantly going below, you know, you wouldn't do that with anything else. Why would you do it with a car? Mm. And I, cars are just a special situation. You know, I don't know that that's, that that's uh, a good idea or not. I do know that a lot of people calling to his shows are just total douchebags. You know, there's people occasionally that'll call in and they'll say, oh, I make, you know, like $50,000 a year. You know, I've got two kids, and I've got, like, $80,000 in student loans and credit cards. What am I supposed to do? You know, those are people who are just who just fucked up at some point. And they're trying to figure it out. But you do get these people occasionally who call in. Like, a woman called in a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, I've got uh, $40,000 in uh, student loans, and I just had my hours cut at work, and I'm only getting 60% of my former salary. And he's going, well, okay, so you got 40000 in debt, and you're a little worried now. What what's uh, He goes, what was your salary originally? She goes, well, I was bringing home 200000 a year. And uh, he's like, you could hear it, you know, and he never berates people necessarily for that kind of stuff. But you could hear it, like, uh, you could hear it in his voice. He's going, okay, so now you're bringing home 140000 a year? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, okay. And he goes, are you married? Do you have a husband? Yeah, he brings in about 60000 a year. It's like, 
those people, you know, like for for those people, he gets a lot of people calling in like that who own three or four cars. And he, you know, and then he'll ask them. He say, "Well, why do you have that many cars? Sell them, sell them off, get rid of those. Those are horrible investments." So it's that attitude is not necessarily meant to discourage somebody who really wants to buy a new car. I think it's more of a think carefully before you do it. Do you really need like a third car? Do you really need, you know, uh, a new car when you might be able to find a used car that's going to serve you better and keep you out of the six years worth of payments? You know, it's it's more of a just think carefully about it sort of thing. But yeah, I, I think he, he rushes to judge and... Yeah, and you know, sure, think carefully. But I think if you're thinking carefully, you realize that you probably can make out by buying a used car because I don't think he takes into things consideration things like zero percent interest or the fact that if you have any kind of reasonable good credit, you're probably only going to get one or two percent, which is not very much. You're, you know, you're not going to make that much money. Yeah, holding it in a bank anywhere. He'll he'll still argue with people. I've heard him argue with people on his show about you know the zero percent interest thing or the you know whatever. In that his attitude is still, it's going to devalue too quickly. And what, so why do you want that in your life? Why do you want something in your life that's going, the value is going to drop off that rapidly? That's an expense. Not invest, yeah, it's know, not an investment, it's an I expense. Know. And, the, you know, that's, that, that's where his argument, you know, f- falls apart because to call it an investment is wrong for a lot of people. It's transportation, it's an expense yeah. that you're going to have regardless. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't espouse everything he says. In fact, he's got a, a serious religious bent to him too that I just don't, I don't dig that at all. You know, a lot of people call up with problems and financial problems and stuff, and go, "Well, if you, you know, make sure you're turning to God too, and all." And, oh, come on, man! <laughs> Seriously, that's I'll, that's, turn, that's I'll turn to God when He's got a handful of lube. <laughs> mm. Let's finish this beer and I'll get rolling here. Yeah. Oh, does that mean I have to chug this? <laughs> chug. You know what order we want to go in with the beer? Yeah, let's have another one of those. We'll share, we'll share the next next one, though, so we got room for more flavors. Yeah. Boy, I don't know if I can read the lyrics the same way you do, but I'll give it a shot. Are you actually going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I didn't think you would. <laughs> and like you, I'm not going to say what song it's from. I'll leave it for people to figure it out. Every time you do that, I go I go and Google it so I can figure out what song you <laughs> Do you did. get it every time? Yeah, oh, yeah. I usually yeah. pick yeah. reasonably popular songs. I never go too obscure. Yeah. You did a song by the band called McCluskey, I think, um, like about 10, 12 episodes back. Is that I the Jedi guys. song? No. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The lightsaber blues or whatever yeah. that was. Um, that was a cool song. That I, was a cool song. Yeah, I just rocked and, up on Pandora one day, and I've never heard it again on Pandora. Yeah, but it, it just popped up, and I was like, I don't know where that came from, and it never came up again. Oh, funny! I never heard of these guys. So I'd never heard of them, and they—it uh, seems they have a reasonably big following. I just never, never caught them in any way. And I uh, there's a song they do called um, "To Hell with Good Intentions." And I started listening to that song, and it was like, have you ever had a song get stuck in your head, and it just will not? It's like you can't stop listening to it. I did that for like three days straight with that song. Everywhere I went in the car, at work, I just had the thing on repeat. It was weird, and I've, I've never had a song quite that, quite that intense, you know, where I just had to keep hearing it. And I would stop listening to it. I could still hear it in my head. You know, I was like, it's a good song, too. I mean, it's a really good song, but it's just, it's like, I might have God. to go back and give him another listen, because I didn't listen beyond that song. But the song was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a catchy little song, and the lyrics are really odd. So I think that was part of what was getting me. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, 
<laughs> so weird. That's so weird. That's a good song. So, unstable condition, a symptom of life in mental and environmental change. Atmospheric disturbance, the feverish flux of human interface and interchange. The impulse is pure. Sometimes our circuits get shorted. By external interface, signals get crossed, and the balance distorted by internal incoherence. Mecca lecca hi, mecca lecca hi, mecca lecca hiney ho. Forgot that part. <laughs> mecca lecca hi, mecca lecca hiney ho. Coming you to, coming to. Already start out. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck this up. I'm gonna grab a water. Jeff's gonna hear this and go, "See, not so easy, is it, motherfucker?" <laughs> Hello. Hello. No. We are, but we haven't started the oh, actual. Okay. <laughs> That's going to make it a little bit more harder to do my intro, knowing she's in the other room. 